Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim, and you're on Inverse, and we are so happy that you are with us, whether it's by podcast or for video or on social media. We are in the studio right here at this round table, mm. and we have my friends Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, how are you doing? And we got Siku. Hi. And we got Israel. Hello. And as we do, we are going to study the Bible. We're so glad that you're here with us. We want to encourage you to get your Bibles out, whether it's digital or per paper, and also get uh, the Bible study guide. You can go to inversebible.org, and you can look at the Bible study guide. There's a lot there. We've been doing this for, I mean, how long? Seven years? Eight years? Six years? Uh, you know that you sound old when you start kind of trying to find out how many years I've been doing this. And uh, there's a lot of good uh, Bible study topics. So starting this week, in this episode, and for the next 12 episodes, we're going to be looking at the topic of Jesus and liberty. Jesus and liberty. So, Siku, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the Bible text today. All right, let's pray. Loving Father, we're thankful that we can come together to study your word. Um, what a blessing it is to fellowship with the infinite mind of God as we mm. open scripture. We ask that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher now, that he would lead us into all understanding, and that you would guide our conversation, Lord, as we delve into this topic that is precious to your heart, um, the topic of liberty. We pray that you'd bless us now in your name. Amen. 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 Uh, I don't know about you guys, but whenever we talk about a different topic, if it's like the book of the Bible, I get really excited. And whatever it's like, you know, Ecclesiastes or Ephesians or like, you know, Amos, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even though we haven't done that yet. <laughs> um, but when we get into topics, it's a little bit like, oh, no, I don't know how it's going to go. And uh, I don't know about you guys out there, but topics get we get a little anxious. So we are going to depend on on each other, on the Bible, on the Holy Spirit, and also you, your your interaction with us, just to see how we're processing and digesting this material. Uh, Siku prayed for about the topic of liberty, and that's what we're talking about. I want to ask uh, Jonathan, mm-hmm. when you hear the word liberty, what are just some like immediate pop connections mm. that you get? Just just let's go like totally random, or we'll, we'll zone into scripture. Sure, I don't know if it's pop, but uh, definitely. The Statue of Liberty is the first thing that popped into my Statue of Liberty. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just like thought of that, and you know the associations you come ha- have with that. Uh-huh. Uh, and as a European who who has uh, you know transferred over to the free world. Yes. Uh, and the new. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We We're won't. free over there too. <laughs> but um, well, kind of. Um, we'll talk about it on this yeah. episode. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, you know just the, the this idea of of the free world versus versus the I guess non-free world. Uh, although that can also depend on perspective. Some mm. people in the non free world wouldn't call us free and the other mm-hmm. way around but um, that's something that popped into my mind yeah uh, I think of uh, before our conversation we talked about Liberty Mutual Insurance Company yes. that some of you no. may have and no. they that some there's someone on our panel that does not like them and so we're not endorsing them uh, what I was I've been traveling you guys uh, recently and I visited uh, Southeast Asia mm-hmm. and there's one country there they said that we have and I don't know if I got this right and if I don't you guys can correct me wrong uh, uh, but we have religious liberty, but we don't have religious freedom. Mm. And I was like, what? That's, isn't that the same thing? 
And in this particular country, they do have religious freedom. They can they can you know worship the way they want and whatever. But that they don't have liberty liberty because every time they have a sermon or a program or whatever, they need to go to the government and have it approved and oh. and filtered. Uh, and once filtered, they can do you know whatever with that. Um, and so that's it was kind of a nuance hmm. and something that we in the free world hmm. uh, may not always appreciate. We think it's all oh, that's all the it's all we kind of put it in the box. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of countries where there's neither or you have one or the other mm-hmm. or it's a little bit nuanced. So we're going we're to talk about that. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9 and verse 43 to 56. And starting in this episode and in this uh, from this lesson, uh, from lesson one to episode a bit like eight or nine, uh, we're looking at the Jesus's principles on religious liberty. Jesus, what he says about liberty. And it's just really, really good stuff. And each 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 uh, episode has a particular uh, principle that we want to uh, extract. So in Luke chapter 9, verse 43 through 56, and in Israel, can you read, starting reading from 43? Sure. <clears throat> it says, And they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them so that they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. Then a dispute among them, then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him and said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who was least among you all will be great. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went. They entered a village of, Samar- of the Samaritans to prepare for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when Jesus' disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Mm. All right. So this episode is called The Spirit of Christ. Uh, even when you were reading it, Israel, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that even before our preparation, some, some lessons are coming out. Mm. Um, we could have just chosen really any passage, right? Any passage in the Gospels that talk about the Spirit of Christ. Uh, this passage has some particular elements that link with religious liberty. The first question is, did Jesus ever really talk about religious liberty like directly and like, you know, the kingdom of God is religious liberty. Did he ever say it outright and uh, forth, forth, uh, forth, with, with, <laughs> forthcomingly? Yeah. I mean, did he say it blatantly? Is it was one of them? Jonathan. I feel like he actually says the opposite because um, he will, he says, you know, he was against said, religious liberty? No, no, no. But no. he will, he, he, he never proclaimed like religious liberty as the goal for everything. Oh. Uh, it's more like, hey, if you're faithful, you will be persecuted. Mm. Uh, so in a, in a way, he's like, yeah, religious liberty, um, 
he didn't use those words, obviously, but he does talk about the fact that uh, that there will be persecution and 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 that you can expect issues if you're faithful to God and in your fear in His kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, he doesn't really promise religious liberty as as you know something. Oh, that that you know that's what you need and that's what you're going to have. It's more like huh. actually the opposite will take. That's an interesting interesting take. I've never thought of, but Jesus does mm-hmm. talk about persecution a lot. I think when we're talking about re- religious liberty, it's probably good for us to kind of set the context of uh, what uh, what does it mean to have religious mm-hmm. liberty. And I think when we're talking about religious liberty within this context, we're talking about the, the human right to be able to worship mm-hmm. or not worship mm. whoever or whatever we want to worship, right? Yeah, I like that nuance to ability to worship, but also not to worship, mm-hmm. uh, to have the uh, the liberty to do that, to have the choice to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so w- when we think about religious liberty within the context of a human right, I, I love what Jonathan just said. It's very, very different mm-hmm. from Jesus's perspective on what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. So when you are a Christian, you by nature surrender your rights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that does not mean that we should not, as Christians, fight for the rights of others to be able to worship or to not worship, you know, uh, whoever or whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So, and we're going to probably talking. We're going to be talking about this a lot. Every, every every quarter, we have this like one thing that we just talk about over and over, <laughs> and maybe this is one of those things, but should we, as Christians, and maybe I'm jumping the gun, but maybe I'll just stay, instead of having these disclaimers, um, should we, as Christians, defend non-Christians mm-hmm. from their, uh, to allowing them to worship the way they do, including, including atheists, including, mm. dare I say it, Satan worshipers? Mm-hmm including, you know, like evil forms? Like, where is the line in all that? I think um, your your initial question about did Jesus outright say, you know, everyone should have religious liberty, um, perhaps we don't have, uh, you know, a passage in Scripture, Mm -hmm. you know, a text that we can, but the very life of Jesus was Mm -hmm. for the purpose of proclaiming liberty, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when he gave his mission statement, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that that freedom and, and liberty is part of what his mission statement was, was to proclaim freedom. Right. Um, Jesus life. The reason that he came was so that people could have the opportunity to make a choice, mm-hmm. which choice Adam and Eve made right mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden. But when God granted probation, it was so that we can have an opportunity to choose again. Mm -hmm. And in order for that to be possible, Jesus himself had to give his own life. Like Mm. God had to give his life Mm. for the purpose of ensuring our freedom to choose him or not him. Mm. And when we think about like what Jonathan was saying, you know, what the Christian walk is when Jesus came, he knew that not everyone would, choose him as a result of him dying on the cross. It was for the few that he was willing to sacrifice himself for the few that would choose him. Mm -hmm. But in doing that, he also gave opportunity for the many to not choose him. Like Mm. it's, it's a full package. So Mm. his very life is a proclamation of religious liberty Mm -hmm. and the freedom. He died to defend people's choice whether it was for him or not him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the underlying underlying principle all throughout religious liberty. Like he gave us to give, he died to give us that choice. In that second chance that God gave, um, what also came in is the confusion, uh, you know, that sin brings. And so God knows that in the quest to find truth that humans go through, uh, he has to allow the freedom 
to to investigate, to explore, to to ask questions and to find mm-hmm. out because he does not desire, you know, worship that is forced, a worship that is, you know, based on like, well, this is it or you die. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you know, I want you to to want this. I want you to love me. Um, and and in order for that to be possible, he has to allow freedom to choose and investigate because true conviction will will um, requires that freedom. Mm-hmm. True conviction, you cannot force a conviction upon somebody that is from the heart. Yeah. And so, like, that's why the freedom exists for us to explore um, yes, eventually it will come down to, you know, you choose God or, or you choose life or choose death. Yeah. But until we get there, it's not our responsibility to be like, well, death upon you. It is everyone should have the freedom to explore and to let the Holy Spirit guide them into all truth. Mm-hmm. I, I think these principles that you're talking about, and especially what you just outlined, Jonathan, they are, they undergird really all that we do as Christians. I know that sounds stupid, but I'm going to give examples. Um it's easy for us to talk about religious liberty and it's just like, this is religious liberty. This is like this box here and it's about laws and politics and and right to freedom. But this, what you're talking about affects how we are spouses to each other, Mm -hmm. how we raise our children, how we interact in, in groups together, how we have, how we have discourse with you guys out there with us here, how we can disagree with each other, uh, how we react in how we enforce laws yeah. in the home, in the church, in society, how we act when we get a speeding ticket from from a police officer, right? So, I mean, so again, I don't want this to just be an academic discussion, and this impacts everything that we do. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we all have the freedom to 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 vocalize. Yeah, I love the pastor. You have the freedom now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me this freedom, Justin. Yeah, uh, my human rights. Um, so. I, I love the passage that we're studying, and yeah. I think the 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 um, because it talks about like the philosophical framework of Jesus, and 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 as we were studying as as we're studying right now, it 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 hit me that the principles of religious liberty or the principles of liberty itself, you know, those principles are rooted in the philosophy of Jesus mm. Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Which which what he's trying to do is. It actually, he's trying to set up a contrast between the natural way of human thinking. Mm. So, for example, we go to the Edict of Milan, right? This is, the Edict of Milan is important in uh, 313 A.D. Uh, Tell us, tell us about the Edict of Milan. Let me tell you a little bit. Okay. So, you know, (laughs) essentially this edict, it ends 10 years of persecutions for the Christians. The Christians have been persecuted, this edict comes out, now they have like, quote-unquote, religious liberty. But what happens as a result of that is they themselves, who were once persecuted, now becomes, they become the persecutors. Persecutors, And the question is why? Ironic. Yeah. Like, how is it that someone who has experienced such tragedy... Now, when they have the power to change, they do the exact same mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because the human condition, mm-hmm. right? The human heart leans toward evil. Mm-hmm. Now, what's beautiful about the passage that we're, I'm, I'm saying all that to set up uh, Luke chapter 9, mm-hmm. is that Jesus is literally, he's about to die. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the the kind of like the theme that comes up several times in the chapter. He's about to die. He's about to die. He's about to die. Mm-hmm. And within this context of he himself being murdered at the hands of someone else is in one way the result of uh, uh, oppression, right? It's a result of oppression. And in this, or through this chapter, he outlines several things that they challenge the human heart, the human condition, the human philosophy, the human worldview that 
is in 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 its very depth mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. is evil mm-hmm. and so i think that's you know if I don't know if I, I've taken too. No, no, no. Let's let's actually get into it because as mm-hmm. you're talking about like each vignette, each little section there, uh, for me, kind of um, points to a different aspect of the human nature in us, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. uh, from 43 to 45, uh, they're all amazed. Uh, everyone marveled, and Jesus says, "44, let these uh, words sink down into your ears uh, that the Son of Man is about to be betrayed." 45, but they didn't understand it. Like, mm-hmm. so they're not getting like, why would you die? There, there's right. already an element of Jesus's kingdom uh we'll cover in this other other lessons too but they're wanting to create an earthly uh political system and and she's like no i'm gonna die Mm -hmm. and then he's creating his whole kingdom around i'm gonna die and i I don't get it i don't get it they they still don't get it right up to up to his death yeah which Um, i think which that that's an important point i think we can't go over because it tells you automatically that it is very difficult for a human being to understand the way in which god operates mm -hmm. you know and and that actually goes right along with uh, verses 23 through 27 where Jesus is talking about what it means to be a disciple means to actually be a follower of Christ which mm. requires the taking up the taking up of your cross mm-hmm. this is uh, you know and so I think the first principle there that you uh, bring out Justin is the fact that it is impossible for us as human beings to really understand what freedom is mm. it's impossible for us to understand it because we will think that religious freedom is, forcing people to worship like us mm-hmm. because we believe in the true God, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so that's exactly what happens after the Edict of Milan, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus saying, no, 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 you cannot even begin to understand what... It, it, you know, the disciples here in the, the in Edict, Edict of Milan also, once you've been subject to pain, persecution, if you're on the losing side, the Jews were on the losing side because the Roman government was oppressing them. The Christians were on the losing side and so because of the Roman, the imperial empire was upon them. And then all of a sudden you have this freedom. Mm-hmm. You're, you're naturally going to react. You don't want to get hurt again. You're going to look at your self-interest. You want to protect your self-interest right. and you want to secure your, your rights and right. you make sure this never happens again. And then in many ways, you you inflict the same upon your oppressor. What, but what right? makes, what, in, in terms of, under the name of justice. What makes it so much more dangerous is because the Christians, in, in the case of the Edict of Milan, or even here, the disciples, when they're trying to ca- call out fire on, mm-hmm. on others, mm-hmm. is that they are convinced of, they have the capital T truth, okay? Mm-hmm. And while we do believe this is the truth, as Christians, that the Bible is the truth, um, God does not call us to force the capital T truth upon anyone else, even mm-hmm. if it is the truth, even if it's the right thing, even if we know this is the truth. And you mentioned earlier, this affects our parenting. You know, you, you can teach these things to your children, but mm-hmm. you can never like force this uh, upon them uh, mm-hmm. because they have to make, uh, you know, a choice to to obey or to, to, mm-hmm. to want to do this. And so um, this is where the danger comes in and where I think a lot of Christians fall into judgmentalism um, or, or even worse, uh, when when they they are so convinced of the truth and they might be con- might be convinced rightly, mm-hmm. but trying to push it upon someone else, especially utilizing you know um, political uh, laws and so on, mm-hmm. is a very dangerous game because you are now that goes against the method of God of reaching the world, and that's what Jesus is demonstrating here in his humility and in his ways versus the disciples who say, hey, well these guys didn't receive the truth, well let's call fire down upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, they didn't receive the truth, correct. But it is not our role as human beings 
to to proceed with any kind of judgment in that sense. Uh, I love that balance. Uh, truth isn't the issue. It's how we convey the truth. That's correct. Has always been the issue throughout history, throughout yes. the church, throughout every every scenario on how we impose truth. Mm-hmm. And let's just let's just, we can define a little bit. You know, when we talk about force, we put force as a big 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 word, but mm-hmm. in force is is laws for imprisonment, is death penalty, is is what using your personality to put people in, in fear and shame and pummel them into truth. Uh, we see all these examples. Truth is not the issue. No. It's it's how, how we convey the truth. Yeah. yeah. And just thinking about this contrast between Jesus on his way to the cross and even though he is he's speaking about he's about to die and he's about to suffer at the hands of many, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and yet he has peace, right? Mm. He's he's Jesus not does. Jesus has peace. Mm. Yeah. He's not he's not railing against the fact that he's gonna die. He's he's presenting it as this is what's gonna happen. Mm. Um whereas the disciples, by contrast, um we don't we don't read the the preceding text why they were marveling right at the beginning of forty three is because Jesus had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm. The disciples had been failing to cast out this demon and Jesus comes down and he does it and everybody's like, whoa, you know, like Jesus is so cool. Um, but the disciples are still, they're still like kind of feeling it about this failure that they had to cast out the demons. You get mm-hmm. it in 49 and 50, mm-hmm. where now there's somebody else who's casting out demons. You're like, what are we going to do about him? You know, it's kind of like they're still feeling salty about it feeling some kind of way about mm-hmm. that experience that they had in their failure. Mm-hmm. They don't have an internal sense of um, assuredness, you know, within themselves. I think the, the, mm. the temptation to, to impose upon others mm-hmm. a lot of times comes from our own personal insecurity, yes. from an internal lack of mm. well, personal, maybe even corporate. Mm-hmm. You know, like people groups who have been so oppressed for so long that now once in power, they right. become the worst uh, uh, oppressors. Right. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus says in 55, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. Mm-hmm. He's talking about you don't know who you are or who you ought to be in me, mm-hmm. right? Who you mm-hmm. ought to be in God. You don't have that 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 sense of belonging, a sense of assuredness. You 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 don't know the spirit of God that should be attending your actions. Mm-hmm. Because if you had that then that impacts the way that you relate to these Mm -hmm. external pressures that come, right? Mm -hmm. While you're being persecuted, Jesus, prime example, you're not like, ah, you know, I'm going to catch you. Eventually, you know, the tables will turn. And when the tables do quote unquote turn, when you have that freedom, your goal is not to make sure that you will never be oppressed because you never needed to not be oppressed, to be assured in who you are, mm-hmm. right? And so when you do have that freedom, your goal becomes to guarantee that freedom to others mm-hmm. so that they can experience the same freedom that you have. It comes from an internal, like your internal experience yeah. of who you are in God. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, um, well, I, and I love, let's go to 55 and let me read that one more time. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not what." Me- you do not know what manner of spirit you are of for the Lord of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spirit, it's just so crazy that they're with Jesus mm-hmm. this entire time. Yeah. And then they're manifesting the spirit that's not of Jesus. Right. Um, the spirit, I remember when I was first converted and it was in my zeal trying to convert everyone. And uh, there was, a, there was, you know, in my, in my hardship of, of, of talking to non-Christians and uh, uh, non-believers, there was a friend of mine who was uh, a fellow Christian. And he said, and I was talking, we were talking, man, Jesus is coming soon. And he's like, yeah, I don't believe any of that. 
And I just got so angry because I was like, look, we're trying to do this to, to, to help out and, and share the truth with all these non-Christians. And here we have someone on the inside, on, on, on the same side, and you don't believe Jesus is coming soon? Like, and I just, I just went like from one to level nine and just like using like, you know, Bible, Bible bullets. And he was like, yeah, Jesus is coming soon. And I was like, yeah, no, he's totally coming soon. And I have the spirit and preparation for his guy. Now, just was I was, as I was saying, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is, I'm totally being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me for, for manifesting the spirit, <laughs> in front, especially from this guy who's, who, yeah. who didn't know. Um, how many of us Christians, how many of you guys done that? How many of you guys have that, have that spirit that you're, you're in your zeal. Often that zeal is not zeal. It's not from the, it's not the, the spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, as, as, as Jonathan, as you were talking about having the capital T truth and, mm-hmm. and so forth, but not proclaiming that in the right way. What this story kind of indicates to me is that it's impossible for the two to be divorced. Mm. You know, if you do not have the ability to share the truth with the capital T in the right way, then you actually really don't have the truth. Mm-hmm. Like the truth can be with you. Mm-hmm. You can be interacting with the truth. Mm-hmm. Like the disciples, you can be hanging out with the truth. The truth can be cool and, you know, do magnificent things all around you. But if you don't have the spirit of the truth, mm-hmm. then you do not have the mm-hmm. truth Doesn't itself. Transform you. Yeah. And what's cool, what's, what's crazy to me is, and I know we're kind of jumping back and forth, but if you go back up to verse 50, you know, this, 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 uh, this little dialogue there, it reminds me of conversations that I have with my children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when your kids, they come up to you and they ask you some like super crazy where you're kind of, where you're kind of wondering, are my kids like, are they, are they in touch with reality? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, especially when they were younger, um, you know, we would be driving somewhere and it's like, Dad, how come how come people just don't steal the, this car part and then sell it, you know, and then make millions of dollars? Like what, you know, and 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 it's just like that's just such a horrible question to ask, you know. But here, and 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 I respond like I respond in shock and awe, and I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Like you're not making sense. If if it was obviously a better way to do that, people would do that. But you're gonna get caught. It doesn't. So you use your force as a dad, and you just yeah. shut him down. I shut him down, yeah. and and I and I let him know that the question yeah. that they're asking is horrible. Yeah, and don't judge because we've all we've all done that all at one do. point. Maybe not to our children, maybe to our parents, or maybe to our other. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And I'm sorry, children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So, but but what in in verse fifty. The response of Jesus falls in line with the spirit of who he is, you know, Mm. like they come to him and they ask him like the dumbest of all questions, like, should we shut these people down, Jesus? And then he's like, he should say, have you lost your mind? You know, but he responds with such courtesy and tact. Do not forbid him for he who's not again. And then in that, he gives them a principle, right? If you're not against us, you're for us. You know, you don't have to look like me to be part of the same team. You don't have to act or talk like me to be part of the same team. And Jesus says here, principle number one is, you don't. if you're not against Christ, you're for Christ, and it should shift the way that you think about what truth is or how truth is communicated or who has access to proclaiming and mm. declaring the truth. Yeah. I love that Jesus is really talking from a position of security. We've been talking about security and insecurity mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. and Jesus is like, you know, the, from the way that I read it is like the, the disciples are like, hey, they're doing, and they're like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Lord of the universe and 
It's all right. Uh, well, I think the heart of this passage is found in verse 48. This little child comes in the midst of them and says, Whosoever receives a little child in my name receives me, and whosoever receives me receives him who sent me. He who is least among you will all be great. And that's the, really the prayer, the prayer that we have from this table as we manifest the spirit of Christ is not only to be hanging out with Jesus, not only be learning about Jesus, but manifesting the spirit of Jesus. That's, that is a, that's very gentle. That's very kind. That's, that's a little child. And that's something that's so counterintuitive to adults, so counterintuitive to people who have power. And to be this powerless yet secure uh, spirit of Jesus, mm. if, 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 that, if I can make that illustration. Hopefully that's your prayer. And uh, you want to join us as we continue learning about the principles of liberty and justice in Jesus' ministry. Uh, next week, we're looking at political hopes dashed. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you next week here in Universe. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, This is Inverse.